Welcome to the Novice and the Nerd Podcast, where your hosts from Strategic Point Investment Advisors discuss everyday financial topics in hopes of making certain issues a little easier to understand. As a partner and financial advisor with Strategic Point, Derek Amy is our resident nerd. Laura is the marketing manager at Strategic Point and is a novice when it comes to many complex financial topics. Both are passionate about trying to help listeners get educated on the wide variety of financial news that seems to be never-ending. All opinions expressed by Derek and Laura are solely their own and do not reflect the opinion of Strategic Point Investment Advisors. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. And now, here are your hosts, Derek Amy and Laura Bard. Welcome back to another action-packed episode of The Novice and the Nerd. I'm your one of your hosts, Derek Amy. And I'm Laura Bard, your other host, The Novice. I was just going to say, are you the novice or the nerd? Oh, I am the novice, but according to one listener, I'm getting better. <laughs> yes, one of our listeners on uh, Facebook, uh, if you are on Facebook and you don't follow strategicpoint.com, uh, look us up and give us a follow and you'll get notified when all of our newest episodes are up. Um, but that gentleman was kind enough to say you are, you're shifting out of the novice category. I'm not sure what the next level up between nerd and novice is, but we'll have to come up with something. Well, rest assured, I'm never going to be at the nerd level, so don't worry. Not with that attitude. I'm not. I'm not taking your job. Don't worry, bud. Don't worry. Before we get started, uh, as as we've had some um, some audio issues and some some recording issues in the past, um, have you been following this Theranos uh, lawsuit at all, uh, Elizabeth Holmes? Even so, if anecdotally, I I literally just heard about it last night. Uh, um, just like an overview of the situation. I have no idea about anything else it was a very good uh documentary they did on hbo i want to say about a year ago just talking about the massive amount of fraud behind it but that wasn't why i was bringing it up what i was bringing it up is that uh the founder this woman elizabeth holmes uh who's probably going to jail um they believe that she fakes her voice Come on. Have you ever heard? Have you ever heard this woman speak? No. Her vo- her voice is deeper than mine. She talks like. <gasps> down I did. Deep. I heard she tries to make it sound more like a man, right? Yes, that's what I heard. Yep. And so they're like, nothing about this person is real. She oh even God. fakes. Her so I am going to try to talk in a more baritone uh, voice for this entire episode. Please I don't know. know how she could. It's amazing if it's true, and there's people who swear it is, uh, that she could keep it up for that long, Oof. and they. If you go on YouTube, there's there's clips of times where she's slipped out of character and people are pointing that, you know, this is her real voice yep. and all this kind of crazy oh, stuff. God. So uh, on today's episode of Novice and the Nerd, uh, I'll try to lower my voice. Yes, thank you. So what are we talking about today and uh, why uh, why are we why are we here? Um, we are talking about Social Security again. Correct. Mm. Yeah, because uh, last week there was a new report from the trustees of the Social Security uh, program who came out and said, hey, guys, uh, we're going to run out of money a year sooner than what we projected last year. Whoopsies. Now, what is – huh? Whoopsies. Well, not whoopsies. Whoopsies can, you know, uh, at least the, the way that I'm interpreting you saying that is making it sound as if there's a, uh, someone made a mistake. Is, is that what you mean? Or, uh-oh is probably a, a more uh, apt. Yeah, 
because in our last podcast when we talked about this more towards the beginning of when we launched this, you ex- you broke it all down into how people get how it's funded and all of that, and um, you did explain a couple scenarios where this could happen. Yeah, so we can give a brief uh, refresher there, um, but before we do that, we actually had, so we had two pieces of of news last week as it pertains uh, to the Social Security program. So the first one was. Uh, it may run out of uh, surplus in 2034, which is a year sooner than what they were telling us just a year ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the second thing is that they're actually coming out in uh, in October of every year is when they tell the retirees what sort of bump they're going to get. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know what retirees got last year for, for a cost of living adjustment, a COLA, to use the uh, – terminology take a guess what people got last year zero they actually got a 1.3 percent increase is that high no that's (laughs) every (laughs) on behalf of any retiree listening to this sorry (laughs) no laura (laughs) no it's not and on behalf of everyone listening, mm-hmm. Laura, we've decided that you're only going to get a raise of 1.3% next year. Okay. Are you happy with that? No, I'm not. Why not? It's not a lot of money. There you go. <laughs> you're slipping back into the dollars See, category. I got cocky in the beginning, and this is what happens. Whatever. <sighs> Okay, but do you know what? So last week, uh, two independent uh, firms came out and with their estimates of what they're gonna, what retirees could see next year, and take a guess at what retirees current and and I put retirees specifically, not just people collecting Social Security, but what retirees, what kind of um, cost of living adjustment they might be looking at in 2022. Take a guess. Two percent. No, anywhere from five to as high as six point three percent. Wow. But that's a double edged sword, right? Where does that number come from? Oh. Inflation numbers? Right. Okay. So it sounds quite large, but it's reflecting It's keeping back. up with inflation. Right. Okay. Right. Now this would if if it comes in um uh, anywhere over, you know, like five and a half, this would be the largest increase in like 12 years. 2009 was the last time, um, some, they saw 5.8% in 2009. Okay. What, what, what happened in 2008? The housing crisis. Right. So it, it's this, it's, it's not by coincidence that retirees see these big bumps coming out of recessions, um, because things get more expensive and we don't have to revisit the COVID and the, the economy talk. We've done that in quite a few other episodes. Uh, but the reality is that retirees, as, as well as many of us, are feeling the pinch of inflation. And so some firms are predicting next month when the Social Security Administration comes out and announces their yearly cost of living adjustment that it'll be anywhere from 5 to 6 point. Is that the reason why it's going to run out of money a year early? Because it's increasing? So, uh, very, that is a a great question. Um, Believe it or not, it was expected (laughs) that last year that the Social Security Administration was going to run a deficit. Mm -hmm. Meaning they would, last year, it was expected that Social Security would pay out more than was 
brought in, which is why we talked about Social Security. It's been over a year and a half since we originally did our first podcast about Social Security. Um, and the reason we were talking about it in 2019 was everyone was expecting 2020 for there to be a deficit. And lo and behold, they actually made money last year. So they there is an $11 billion surplus. So getting back to your question of is the cost of living adjustment the cause of um, or, or the primary cause of why they're pulling forward by a year when the program could run out of money and the, in all the press releases and everything that I could find, it's not as simple as pointing to one specific mm-hmm. issue. It's a confluence of issues. Okay. In my opinion, Derek Amy's opinion, one of the biggest issues is, and I'm sure I asked you this before, do you know, so you're running the Social Security, you're now head of Social Security, Laura Bard, congratulations. Thank you. And... You have a ton of money coming in every month mm-hmm. and a ton of money going out every month, much like your household. Mm-hmm. And you have a nest egg, which this is all factual. Mm-hmm. You have a nest egg that whenever there's a shortfall, when not enough taxes come in, but the checks still have to go out, you have to dip into that nest egg. You follow me so far? Yep. So when they're talking about the money running out in 2034, the estimates are you've dipped into that nest egg too many times, and now the nest egg has disappeared. Okay. And so you would not have any resources to make up for a gap, meaning, yes, there's money coming in from you and I and all the people who are working, but too much more checks are going out than is bringing in, and there's nowhere for you to tap. You follow me so far? Yep. Okay, so what was the primary cause, in my opinion, and will continue to be the biggest one of the biggest issues? You currently have a nest egg, and you're running Social Security. Where do you know where the only place they can invest that nest egg? No. GameStop. <laughs> Are you serious? No. no. What are you talking about? <laughs> U.S. Treasuries. Okay. And have you ever heard of a CD ladder? Yes. What is it? Um, does it pay a certain amount one year, and then as you go in subsequent years, it pays different percentages? Uh, you're in, if you were in the ballpark, right, I'll take it. If I was a ninth grade teacher, I would give you a, you know, a somewhat, I'd give you a, a B minus, a B minus. So I guarantee many of our listeners of the older uh, generation either have, or are quite familiar with this. Mm-hmm. The idea of a CD ladder, let's say you have a hundred grand cash. You don't want to invest it in the stock market. You don't want to put it in your brokerage account, but you don't want it just sitting in a money market. So you build a CD ladder. And what they typically do is, let's say, they'll buy a CD that matures in six months, a CD that matures in 12 months, a CD that matures in 18 months, and a CD that matures in 24 months, just for example. So you take 100 grand, you put 25 grand into the six months, 25 grand into the 12 months, 25 grand in 18, 25 grand in 24. You would assume that you'll get a higher rate for every step up in the months, right? Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So this is not reality, but we're just going to use it as an example. So let's say the six-month CD pays one percent, the twelve-month pays one point five, the one the eighteen-month pays two, and the other one pays two and a half. So you have this ladder. Why do people do that? Well, one of the reasons people do that is you got a hundred grand, and you could put it all on the six-month, but you're not getting the benefit of the fact that the further out and you lend, the more rate of return you're going to get. You could also put it all in the two-year, but then what risk are you taking? So if you lend some money, somebody money for two years and via a CD, if interest rates start to creep up over those two years, you're missing out. So the best thing to do or what people do is they build a CD ladder because every six months one of those CDs is going to mature and then you just roll it to the back end. Okay. So imagine you bought a CD today, September 2021, and in six months that matures. What kind of CD do you go buy at that point to replace it? What? You had a six. You had a six month, a oh. twelve month, an eighteen month, and a twenty four month. So go to twelve month. No, because the twelve month now only has six months till maturity. Oh. The 18-month only has 12 months, and the two-year now only has 18 months. So you go and buy a two-year CD, Ugh. and you just keep rolling. Okay. What on God's green earth does any of that have to do with Social Security? <laughs> Social Security Administration can only buy treasuries. Okay. And so they are forced, much like in the CD ladder, they're taking money in and they're reinvesting it back into treasuries, especially when there's a surplus, as we saw last year. Mm-hmm. But but what has happened to interest rates in the last five years? They've gone up. Down. They've gone down. They've gone down. <laughs> they have not gone up. <laughs> They've gone down. They've cratered. You know, it was only three or four years ago where your money market at your bank was probably paying 2%. We had a program even through our own company here where clients were making well over, you know, what you were heavily involved in the marketing of that. Do you remember what that that external banking pro, uh, product was paying back then? Oh, yeah. A lot higher than it is now. Um, right. So, so interest rates have cratered. Yeah. Got it. And so you have this Social Security Administration who, ha- who has a nest egg. But they're staring at lower returns in the future, which means there's an issue. Got it. Okay. (laughs) To me, that's probably, and again, the trustees didn't come out and pinpoint one thing, but I have a hard time believing that that's not the biggest impact. Okay. That makes sense. So what happens in 2034 or 2033 or whatever year the money runs out? I think our generation, Generation X, is under the impression that we're not going to get anything. Have you ever heard somebody say that anecdotally? Yep. Hear it all the time. Mm-hmm. Never getting it. Yep. Didn't I That's say that? Not... I think I said that on our first podcast. I think I, we had that conversation. It's probably very likely. It is a common misconception of our generation. Uh, Actually, before we get into that, I just want to go back. If there's any listeners who are 61, 62, 63, another misconception is if you're going to get a, let's say, cost of living adjustment next year is 6%. There are certain pre-retirees who think that they have to go file for Social Security next year in order to lock that 6% jump in. You don't have to? No. 
your estimates will go up by the, a similar amount. I don't know why people sort of assume that, but I do know it's a pervasive misunderstanding of how Social Security works. So anyone who's debating about filing for Social Security, certainly seek out a financial advisor before you make such a large decision. But if you choose not to, please do not fall prey to <laughs> misunderstanding that just because you haven't filed for Social Security that you're not going to get the bump. Mm -hmm. So getting back, let's let's fast forward. Let's 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 assume for a moment that our elected officials over the next 13 years choose not to do anything to fix uh, Social Security, which I'm sure is not outside the realm of any of our <laughs> possibilities. Mm -hmm. um, what happens? So let's go back to this, what I was telling you, which is you are the head of Social Security. You have this nest egg. You've now erased the nest egg, but you're still going to get a ton of checks coming in. So the reality is if they can't afford to pay everybody, everyone's going to get a haircut. Those current estimates are for about a 22% haircut. Ooh. Right. So the cost of living is going to go up, but then they're going to get a 22% cut on well, what they're going to receive? So I'm not sure why you were throwing the cost of living adjustment thing in there because that's still embedded in the projections that you'll still get a cola. Right. I guess because you said there'd be a haircut and they get 22% less. Up yeah. To of, whatever less. The, of, of whatever their amount that they're every retiree is due at that point. Okay. Okay. Now you and I, are we born in the same age? I don't know. I'll nope. be 59. I'll be 59. You're older than me. All right. I will be 59 in 2034, so I'll be knocking on the doorstep of taking this. Uh, I've told, I've said this before, having worked here for coming up on 20 years. <laughs> um, I have had some of my own clients ask me to to haircut Social Security uh, projections in their financial plans. I suspect the longer that this goes on where Congress and the White House, whoever may be in power, doesn't do anything, I fully expect that question to come up more and more often. They ask you to haircut that? Yeah. So if, um, we've, we've done a retirement projections for Laura. Um, and one of the things that you, you always have to start with is what is the expected Social Security for the household from between you and your husband? So when we do any retirement projections, someone's estimated Social Security is a, is a big part. It's a building block that we, you know, you have to start with. Yep. And what I was saying is in our software, and if anyone is ever interested, we're more than happy to do this for you on a personal level. But you can go in and you can say, hey, I know, you know, the little green sheet of paper says they're going to get three grand, but we're but concerned – that they're only going to get, you know, 22,500 bucks, which is 75% of social security. What does that do to their retirement projections okay. over the rest of their life? I should have known can, that. Yeah, got it. We do that. Uh, if I've done that a handful of times for social security, I've done it three times as much for people's pensions okay. where there's always 
people are extremely concerned about their ability of their pension to pay out. Believe it or not, the pension one, when you're doing retirement projections, especially over a 30-year retirement span, so 65 to 95, the pension one doesn't usually have as big of an impact. It always catches people off guard. And the number one reason is most, most pensions we see have no cost of living adjustment. Okay. So if there is a reduction uh, of, you know, you're getting 50 cents on the dollar. The reality is inflation has eaten through a lot of that, especially as someone reaches their mid eighties to late eighties. Um, again, a free offer. Anyone wants to, is interested in having someone of one of our advisors here run through some retirement projections. If you're not already a client, uh, feel free to reach out to the novice and the nerd at strategicpoint.com. We can put you in touch with somebody. Uh, okay. End of sales pitch. Um, <laughs> so, Getting back to the point, yeah, we're never going to get to a, we're never going to have a situation. Well, I guess I shouldn't say never when it comes to anything, but it's highly unlikely that people won't get anything. It's just that they're going to get a potentially dramatically reduced um, benefit if Congress doesn't act. I, I know I said it the last time we talked about this. They're going to do something. It's just a question of when. And unfortunately, the longer it goes on where they don't address it, the more costly it's going to be. Got it. Some, a big portion of this, like if there's, I feel like there's a lot of angst when it comes to social security, a lot of anger. Um, if there's someone to blame, <laughs> um, you, we all could blame ourselves because demographics has a really big part in this. So when social security was originally created in the, in the 30s, um, full age retirement for Social Security was 65, but a life expectancy was 61. Right. <laughs> That's no longer the case. Uh, yeah. So now the average life expectancy, according to Social Security, is, is uh, 80, uh, a little bit more for females, a little less for men. Um, but the full age of retirement has only creeped up two years. So just to repeat those numbers, life expectancy in... 90 years has gone from 61 to 80, but full retirement age has only gone up two. Okay. Changing that full retirement age will not be enough, but I fully expect that to be on the table. I don't, and this is where, again, there's some angst. I don't expect that to be you or I, um, meaning I don't think it's the Generation X because I think we're far enough in. Do you know how old the oldest Generation X uh, Ooh, they're in they're in their fifties, right? Yes, because I'm the at the very old, end of it. Yes, the youngest is forty one. The oldest is fifty six. Okay. Uh, so you know we're close enough as an as a demographic to collecting Social Security that I don't believe they will mess with it. Our kids, your kids, however, they're going to probably tweak that up. So there's an eight, if you think about Social Security, the earliest you can take it is 62, the latest is 70. I suspect they'll keep that eight-year window, but they might even say the earliest that our kids can file is 64 and the latest is 72. That would help. Okay. Um, do you know what the simplest fix would be? The the, the simplest one um, right off the bat? Take a guess. Everyone contribute more. Yeah. Really? So yeah. So, do you know? I, I know you don't know this, but I'm going to ask it anyways. Mm -hmm. 
Do you know how much on a percentage of your paycheck goes into Social Security every pay period? 7%. Oh, you're close. Oh. 6.2. That's pretty close. Do you know how much the company pays in? No. 6.2. Okay. So you pay in half, we pay in half. If you wanted to make the deficit go away, you would have to increase that to 16%. Each? No, eight Total. and eight. Okay. Yeah. All right. Which would I, I, I would I feel that? Would I see that? It might be, yeah. I mean, would I? I don't know if I would. Uh, it, so if you're let, if someone's making seventy five thousand dollars a year, <laughs> you just the lost two percent. Yeah, I would feel it. Yeah. Okay. Fourteen thousand. Um, Extra fourteen thousand. I'm happy to send a copy of this podcast to the Social Security Administration and say, Laura <laughs> no. is volunteering. No, she's is not. volunteering to pay more <laughs> because she, quote, unquote, won't feel it. You have to break it down like that so I understand. And once I understand, I take it back. Are you aware that so you pay 12.4? Well, no, you don't pay 12.4. The company pays 6.2. 6.2. Okay. Are you aware that there is a salary at which someone stops paying into Social Security? Yes, but only from the last podcast that we recorded, and I don't remember what that number is. $142,800. Okay. So, so they could say, well, we're not going to increase the rate, but we're going to increase that wage cap. Okay. Believe it or not, that wage cap has been growing on its own. Um, by a rate faster than 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 headline inflation uh, for the last five or six years, so that they are already surreptitiously <laughs> increasing that behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, President Biden has proposed a donut approach. I'm Do sorry, you know, what? <laughs> I don't know if we talked about this. Do you know what a what a donut tax would be? I feel like we did, and I forgot. So think about it's a donut. A bell. Yep. There's 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 the donut, then there's a hole, and then there's the other side of the donut. If taxes were a donut, we they would tax up to 142,800, then you wouldn't pay anything, and then if someone's making north of 300,000, you would start paying in again. So anyone making 160 grand would still only pay the same people in excess of 300,000. They don't fill the don they don't fill the hole, it just picks up again. That okay. was one that was one of the proposals. Okay. Um, getting back to the demographics. So not only are people living longer, which is obviously common sense, there's also someone else to blame, and it's you and I, and it's the fact that we are not having enough kids. So the worker-to-beneficiary ratio, which is um, one of the numbers that the trustee um, – program actually releases. So in the 1970s, there were basically four workers to every beneficiary. Ooh. Meaning four people were paying in and one check was going out. What is it now? In, in the 80s, it dropped to 3.2. 2019, it was 2.8. And the estimates are 
by the time that the surplus, the nest egg, has been eroded, will be as low as 2.2%. Well, Derek, it's time to have a couple more kids. Help us out. I will reach through this computer (laughs) screen. You can handle two more. It's fine. Do it for the good of the Social Security office. For those of you um, who care about my personal life at all, (laughs) my wife and I are celebrating our 10-year anniversary this weekend. And my mother-in-law was asking us where we were going. And my wife said, oh, we're going to the Cape, to which I responded, no, she's going to the Cape. I'm going to Maine, and I'm just going to sleep for two days. Sleep is very important. (laughs) Derek has younger kids than I do. He's in it right now. I have a four-year-old and a two-year-old. Now, what's interesting, just to make this about me for a second, Mm -hmm. the terrible twos with the older child was a misnomer. Mm -hmm. Two was – he was wonderful. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until he got till about three, which was also when his little brother showed up, that he started acting out. The younger one, oh, the terrible twos are an understatement. The second child doesn't care. Let me say that in a nice way. Something am, about that I, second kid. I am a second child. Be careful. Oh, I'm a first. Um, yeah, you're, so in that, not, you're in that age. No thanks. Yes, yeah, so we're, just, we're just not having enough kids. And the only way you're going to change those demographics realistically is you have to change immigration. And we are not a political podcast, and I am not about to go down that road. But that is one way that you could potentially fix this. Um, but, um, you know, it's funny. There, were, So I am on Twitter, at Derek Amy, uh, for anyone else on Twitter who wants to give me a listen. I mean, a follow. Um, there was a lot of um, people complaining about, obviously, the fact that Social Security is going to run out and it's going to run out sooner. And everyone was pinpointing the fact that there was massive unemployment last year um, as the reason that Social Security had been derailed. And I was really caught off guard by the fact that there was a surplus um, last year. But the reality is we're going down this road where people are living longer. We don't have enough people working for the fact that people are living longer. And the only investment that the Social Security Administration is allowed to put their money into is treasuries. And realistically, right now, treasuries are probably one of the lowest rate of return that you can get anywhere. Now, the reason they do that is because they're considered the risk-free rate, Mm -hmm. meaning there's no risk that a treasury is not going to get paid and that you're not going to get your interest. Anything outside of that, you're taking some sort of risk. I don't know that they would ever change that, meaning would they ever open it up where now the Social Security Administration can start investing in other types of bonds? Because when you start doing that, you are opening yourself up to credit risk, meaning does that other party pay? Do they not pay? What does that do to Social Security? Mm-hmm. Um, and Or do they allow them to buy corporate bonds? Um, you know, All kidding aside, I would probably be willing to lend Apple money for the next 30 years. But there's still you know, credit risk there. And th- there's always a fear when the government starts investing in the private companies um that you're choosing winners over losers Hmm. so imagine for a moment let's think of two let's imagine pepsi and coke okay if the government said hey you know in order to get a greater return for the pot of money that is sitting on social security we're going to allow them to buy coca-cola bonds 
what what do you think the immediate reaction to Coca-Cola bonds would be? Go right, the through the roof price, now. Yeah, price would go up, and then that means that the lending, the cost of future Coca-Cola bonds would go down, right? Because basically they're saying. Hey, I know there's a guaranteed demand here because the federal government has said we're going to buy Coca-Cola bonds in order to juice Social Security. Well, Pepsi would be saying that's a completely unfair advantage because Coca-Cola will be able to borrow at a lower rate than we can, and you're choosing winners and losers. I'm not saying that the government hasn't probably already thought of that <laughs> and considered it, but it just seems unlikely that that would be something they would ever do. That's the other reason that they I, they would never get into owning stocks. Okay. Uh, or I would hope they wouldn't. Mm. Uh, I mean, anything taught us in the last 15 years, I suppose anything is possible, um, but it just seems highly improbable. Um, so as we wrap up one of our shorter episodes here, um, and of course, if any listeners, if you like the shorter episodes or if you like the longer episodes, please let us know. We'd love to hear feedback. If you have any questions, always send them to the novice and the nerd at strategicpoint.com because we would love to hear from our listeners. Uh, but as we wrap up here, do you have any questions, comments, concerns there, Miss Novice? No, I think I mean this all made sense. I just we don't we don't know when they're going to try and fix this or address it, not necessarily fix it. But I know you said in past podcasts that it's a lot for a president to take this on because it's going to be a lot of hard decisions, right? Like you're, they're going to make a lot of people upset. Yeah, in a highly acrimonious world that we live in, um, it's going to be imperative that whatever solutions they come up with, that it's seen as bipartisan. And um, Lord knows That's that is not, not the current environment in <laughs> no. which we were. Um, yeah, it's 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 long been considered the third rail of of politics. People don't want to touch it because mm -hmm. they know that it's gonna. Um, we're going to get a vociferous response almost immediately, especially to any changes. Um, I think um, I think it's incumbent and part of the reason you and I are doing these podcasts is that people need to be educated on the realities of what's happening and mm -hmm. why it's happening. Um, you know, as I was saying before, there's a lot of vitriol on, on Twitter and some of these other places and a lot of misinformation on on what's happening and how this is happening. It's it's the culmination of 20 to 30 years of good things, right? Meaning people are living longer. That's great. Um, you know, we're we're paying in the same amount on a percentage basis as we have been for a prolonged period of time, even though people are living longer. We're not having as many kids. There's a whole bunch of things here that are not necessarily either side of the aisle's fault, but they're elected to fix these problems, and this is going to be a big one because the outcome of not fixing it is going to be far more painful. Mm -hmm. If I had to guess on when that might be touched, so what's next year look like on the political um, atmosphere? Midterms. The, right. So <laughs> I have a hard time believing anyone is going to talk about it ahead of that because you're just going to commit political suicide to me, they have about a one-year window after that because if you don't talk about it then, then you're going to come into the next presidential election, and I have a hard time believing that either party is going to want to talk about it then. So 
you know, it's disappointing that we were sitting here talking about our elected officials' lack of willpower to tackle such a big issue. But there's really only a few years in a presidential cycle, in a midterm election cycle, where they would even, I believe, realistically even start thinking about this. That is, unless something dramatic occurred to the already existing program. I find that there's only... So if we were sitting here and we were saying, let's say they don't do anything, what are some potential ways that this could quote unquote fix itself? Now, people would die sooner. <laughs> right. Oh. I wasn't going to go. I'll, I'll go there. Gonna, yeah, whatever. People could um, unfortunately start to pass away sooner. Um the economy could take off and we could have record employment as opposed to what we were experiencing last year, record unemployment, um, in increased wages, right? So the more everyone makes in the United States. So if you had, if we started to see more and more people working, which is obviously the trend, but it's not fast enough. Um, but if those people are all taking home a larger paycheck, that turns into more, um, tax revenue for the Social Security, that could also help. Um, if interest rates were to start to turn around and go higher, which means that the expected returns from their laddered approach with the treasuries, that could also help. There are some things, but to me, all you're doing is moving that year around and okay, and it's no longer 2034, now it's 2036, or yeah. no longer 2034, now it's 2037. I mean, we have a date with destiny here. Yeah. We need to make some hard decisions. And unfortunately, because of the way that our democratic system works, the reality is we only have a couple of years every four years where I think they would even tackle this outside yeah. of a something really bad. Yeah. Um, but if anyone leaves with anything, for our older clients, uh, be aware you're you're probably going to get a significant bump next year. Uh, at five percent is probably the floor, and some the firms are saying it could go as large as six. So that is good for them. Uh, on the other side, for those of us still working, uh, don't be surprised if we're not staring down the barrel of some higher tax. Uh, to make up for the shortfall. And uh, hopefully when you and I get older, we'll reap the benefits of that. Um, and that is it. Anything else for today? Uh-uh, I think we covered it. And I like that this is a shorter podcast. <laughs> All right, thanks everybody. It was good talking to you today. And uh, hit us up with those questions. We have a couple in the queue, but we could always use more. And in fact, uh, the next podcast, we're going to tackle one of our client questions. Uh, but if people have more, we're more than happy to talk about anything you're interested in. All yes, right? shoot us an email at the novice and the nerd at strategicpoint.com. Give me a follow on Twitter, Derek Amy, D-E-R-E-K-A-M-E-Y is my Twitter handle. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Advisory services offered through Strategic Point Investment Advisors, LLC, a federally registered investment advisor. All opinions expressed by the hosts and guests of this podcast are solely their own and do not reflect the opinions of Strategic Point Investment Advisors, LLC, or any of its affiliates. Clients may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. This podcast is for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. The information contained in this podcast is not intended as investment, tax, or legal advice. Strategic Point Investment Advisors assumes no responsibility for any action or inaction. 
action resulting from the contents herein. Third-party content does not reflect the view of the firm and is not reviewed for completeness or accuracy. It is provided for ease of reference. Consult your fiduciary, tax, legal, and other advisors before making any decisions regarding your financial plan.